from a refugee camp to starting his own business in Keene, today's guest provides his own perspective on what it means to achieve the American dream in the Monadnock region. I'm Matt Murray, editor of Business NH Magazine. I'm Nathan Carroll, founder and president of Cardinal Consulting, and welcome to BizCast NH. Um, sort of apropos of our, our guest this week as well. Um, do you enjoy going to the supermarket, going uh, food shopping? Actually, are you tasked with that at home or? My wife has usually done a lot of it, but since the pandemic and I'm actually working from home, I've been doing more of it. Oh, aren't you nice? And well, <laughs> I, I guess I, I'll be honest. It's the bane of my existence. Really? I, I hate going supermarket uh. shopping and I'm the worst. Like she knows that if she sends me, it's going to cost us money because <laughs> She's like the, you know, the bargain shopper. Uh-huh. And I'm like the, dear Lord, just get me out of here. I'm grabbing things. Ooh. I'm not paying attention to price. I don't care. It's just like whatever I think, yeah. you know, if on my own, it's not too bad. If I've got one, the kiddos with me, mm-hmm. oh man, that's even more, you know, cause they're, you know, I want this, I want that. I'm like, no. <laughs> Conversely, though, <laughs> put me in a like local market with Whoa. cool stuff. I'll spend mm-hmm. hours there. It's like me in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ooh, look at this. This is cool. We should try this. But a regular supermarket, I'm like, I yeah. need to be in and out. I guess what about I'm, you? I'm with you on the regular supermarket thing. And sorry, regular big supermarkets, but that's just the way it is. Like the goal of going to the regular big supermarket is to get the hell out. <laughs> Right. And the God goal when you walk like in the a, door is to get out the other door. Right. And God forbid there's like a coupon person in front I, of you right, mm-hmm. or, you know, the no. person that leaves their shopping cart right in front of the spaghetti <laughs> oh sauce while they're down. <laughs> yes, there. I'm right, like, go, right. go park that in front of some place that nobody wants to go right, to. Go park you know, it in front of the garlic powder, I for God's sake. Be. Not in front of the. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, but there we have. Me. I'm very, very lucky, as some of our other communities are, including Keene, where our guest spends a lot of his time, um, that we. We up in Littleton have a great food co-op, you know, locally run and, and that co-op model and all that. Um, I actually enjoy going there. Really? Because it's also like social hour, right? Like, so I've actually gotten clients from going to the co-op because they're like, oh gosh, I need to talk to you about, you know? So we do that. You talk to people? I do. Oh. I do. Well, I mean, I used to. And now I'm sometimes <laughs> with the mask. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to them. So I'm just going to keep going because I don't think they saw me, nor do they recognize me with the mask, <laughs> you know, and the wig and the, no, I don't wear a wig. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, I, I, you're right. Like big supermarket. In, out, that's it. Like, and and don't touch anything. And don't forget to wipe your hands when you leave. <laughs> this is sanitized when you leave the store. But the co-op, I'm like, yeah, baby, I'll go. And I'm like, yeah. but now I have to have a list. My wife is like, let's make a list so we know what we're having for dinner, which is very responsible of us as adults with two children, right? But... I love to go there and just be like, you know what? I want that wine this week, or let's get some of this chocolate. Well, because or, it's like a oh, victory look, a when you thing uncover that little treasure, like exactly. that new item that you've never tried before. Yeah. And you're like, this is so awesome. Where has it been all my life? I know exactly, exactly. Which I um, is a great, I think, segue into introducing our guest this week, um, who probably has sourced a lot of those sort of moments for people by way of some cool food. So our guest this week is Chuda Mishra, owner of the Keene International Market in Keene, New Hampshire. Prior to immigrating to the U.S., Chuda lived in a refugee camp for nearly two decades after being expelled from Bhutan in 1992. 
He and his wife Jennifer, whom he met here in the States, launched an online version of their now brick-and-mortar store during the pandemic to provide quality food and affordable international food products and create shared culinary experiences for the community they serve in the Monadnock region. Chuda, it's really cool to have you. Um, we, I think, just want to know more about you. So tell us um, from the ground up who you are, and then we can certainly get right into the market. But who are you? All right. So, Small question. <clears throat> yeah, 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 you know, and take your time with it, too. Sure, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting, in, inviting me here. It's our pleasure. It's my pleasure. And let's see. So, you know... Um, the quick bio you said earlier. Yeah, it was yeah. similar like that. So what? I was born in Bhutan. Uh-huh. Um, I was three years old when we got um, kicked out of Bhutan in the early 90s. Oh. So we moved to Nepal in, yeah, 92. Mm-hmm. And I grew up there in a refugee camp for, yeah, almost two decades. And obviously, I mean, this is not an experience... I'll, any or many of our listeners will have had. Can you describe, you know, what was the refugee camp like and what was it like growing up there? And, and how did your parents make sure that, you know, what every parent wants is like, no matter what the circumstance around you is, make sure, you know, your kiddo's doing okay. Yeah. How that ha- happened for you? So my mom, um, she was always around us, you know. Uh, I have four, including me, I have four brother and mm. one sister. So... It was kind of tough for her to uh, raise five kids. And daddy spent many years in India, you know. Um, He went there to work so he can provide us whatever we need. Mm -hmm. Um, But the camp life, now I think of, you know, um, in in one way it was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, there was over 100,000 people and everybody knows everybody, you know. Wow. And... We were, um, my whole family was involved in nonprofit, you know, things like that um, in camp. And, but other thing, financial, you know, like if you want to explore and all that stuff, it was a little bit difficult because of financial situation and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and I think I was in grade seven. Uh, when mom sent me to northern India for further education. So uh, I spent six, seven years in northern India and then went back home. And, yeah, it was like, sorry, it was like, you know, picnic every day because everybody knows everybody and you cook something here, you know, like quarter mile down the street, they will smell what I'm making. <laughs> everybody knows everybody's business, you know. Oh, jeez. Um, it was it was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, giving uh, forgive me, just a visual of this. Like, what sort of size or or area are we talking for a, for a refugee camp like this? Um, I would say maybe two mile radius. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a small town, or you know. Yeah, and a very small town. Yeah, but it was on the bank of um, pretty big river. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, every day whenever we get bored or something. We go in a river and swim all day, things like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a small. Now you know. I mean, back then when I was little, I was like, "Wow, this camp is big." You know, we had mm-hmm. to walk 
all day to get to school, but now I'm realizing, like, oh, that's not big. Wow. Um, I had read that, uh, and maybe this plays into the part of the story where you, you had gone away for education but come back. I had read that your brother encouraged you to leave the refugee camp at one point, but it took a few years, perhaps. Um, and so what was it like leaving this community that you knew that was only a small slice of the rest of the world? So, um, so that story is, you know, um, I think 2005, mm. um, there was an organization from U.S., went there and they gave us, you know, option to go to five different countries. So my older brother was one of the um, member of that group mm. to do all the process and everything. So he was like, look, you know, the situation of camp is not good. You know, if we go to U.S. or any other countries, we'll have better life, you know, more opportunity. Yeah. But I was worried, like people that I grew up with, you know, how can I leave them and just go? So I filled out the paperwork and I just hid it. Oh. And I never told them. Oh, I said, wow. yeah, I send it to them. I don't know why they are not calling us, you know. Mm. And then two years later, he figured out that it was under the bed, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Still there. Yeah. Right. So um, it, it was quite difficult, you know, to see uh, <laughs> people that you grew up with, um, flying all over the world you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. leaving your community essentially. Yeah. yeah and you don't know whether you're gonna see them or not mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, do yeah. you do are you connected with anyone from there in, in any way or um, do you have ways to do that now yes yeah Good. um most of my friends that i grew up with uh, they're here in the u.s mm -hmm. uh, fewer in canada and new zealand denmark all that stuff mm. um i haven't seen those guys but uh we now, you know, owning a business mm -hmm. and <clears throat> want to go on a trip to buy things. So mm -hmm. we hang out in New York. Nice. So we go day before and there'll be like 10, 15 guys. We hang out and we go explore New York City and mm -hmm. then next morning pick up our stuff and come home. That's know? awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so when your brother found, you know, the, the paperwork, you know, was that the point that he's like, no, you're going, Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and is that, where did you end up going? So, um, so finally, when he found the paperwork, we submit it and then we got a call maybe after six months, mm -hmm. you know, and the process is quite interesting. There's so many things that you have to do to, you know, get approved to come to us and, it took us maybe a year or a year and a half to do all the process. Wow. Um, but yeah, we, we went to main office of that organization in like Eastern part of Nepal, mm -hmm. you know, and then all the paperwork, medical, physical, wow. long process. Yeah. 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 So do you, um, do you remember the day that you arrived in the U.S. and what that was like for you? That, that was uh, quite, quite interesting. Yeah. You know, like growing up there in camp and even in Nepal or India, um, all you think of New York is tall, tall buildings, <laughs> lots <laughs> of cars, you know, like whatever yep. we see in movies. Yeah, yeah. So I came here in November. So when we 
arrived in New York, you know, from New York, we flew to Manchester. And it was like around evening time, you know, sun was still up. So I was looking down and I said, uh, nope, nope, I think this is the wrong place, you know. <laughs> and every tree, whole forest looks like dead, you know, there's no yep. leaf. And I was like, uh, I think, you know, I haven't seen a tall building yet, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was, it was sad. Um, huh. But yeah, and, and it was difficult at first, you know, to get used to. Yeah. It's totally everything was different. Did you move here with any, you know, either friends or family, or were you here on your own? So one weekend, it was me, my younger brother, and mom and dad. Yeah. So I, at least you had family to lean on. Yeah. And, I mean, because yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine having to pick up your life and move to another country. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and have to acclimate and all that. And to do it on your own, I'm sure, is hard. I mean, it had to, what was it like to come to New Hampshire? And, and was there culture shock or did, were you able to, to acclimate pretty quickly? What was that like for you? I mean, most, um, me personally, the most difficult part was not knowing what kind of thing is appropriate and, mm -hmm. you know, what is not. Mm -hmm. Um, there was few incidents that happened with uh, Buddhist refugee, you know, and I didn't know the whole story. So to even talk to people, you know, I was nervous, like, uh, how am I supposed to say this or that? You know, like I had to translate in my head from Nepali to English and then say something, you know. Um, so that was difficult, but uh, thank God there were so many volunteers and including my wife you know now she's my wife uh she was one of them um, oh wow okay yeah so she introduced me to so many things so your wife was working for an organization that you were um yeah she was working with the uh i think uh police chief in laconia and state police to teach you know how to drive oh. and see help people to um, you know, find jobs and mm -hmm. all that stuff after, you know, after her work, like she was working full time, but she was doing on the side too, to oh, help wow. people. Yeah. And that's, um, was that how you, that's how you met her? So I think I had read this, that you, uh, you were going for your CDL, your commercial driver's license, and she was involved in that process or that training? Oh, no, no. It oh, was the, okay. it was the, um, so the way I met her, mm -hmm. you know, everybody, I was new and I was so upset that, you know, uh, I don't know, it kind of hit me really bad. So I knew, I knew how to speak English and all that stuff, but mm. I, di I didn't, I barely talked to anybody for six months, you know, my younger brother was my translator, <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, say whatever you want to say, I'm here, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that had to be pretty lonely. It was. I mean, grew up with a thousand friends and <clears throat> not having any or, you know, couple that it, it was it was difficult. Yeah. I, yeah, I can imagine but, so. Yeah. So everybody were talking about, you know, oh, Jenna does this, Jenna does that. I thought it was a guy, you know. So I was like, all right, let's go meet Jenna. So, <laughs> and uh, No expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we went to a friend of ours. Uh, his, you know, he had a ping pong table in his cellar. So I went to the cellar and there's a lady sitting there, you know. 
And my younger brother was like, yeah, that's Jenna. And I was like, oh, Jenna is a woman. (laughs) (laughs) That changes things, maybe. Yeah. So so we made a deal. I told her, you know, I will teach you how to play ping pong and I'll make you really good. You know, I'll teach you really good so you can beat me. But you need to teach me how to drive. So that was the deal, you know. There we go. I love it. I love it. Ping pong lessons for driving lessons. There you go. Jenna is a lady. There yeah. it is. That was <laughs> That's so awesome. So I what year that. did you move to the United States? What year? Yeah. Uh, I moved here in November 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, our show is about the entrepreneurial path. And, you know, not everyone has it in them to start a business and, right. and how to get there. So, you know, how long, what did you do? Um, to make ends meet, and at what point did you decide, you know what, I'm going to open this international market? So, um, quick, another quick story. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. good, good, so, good. 2010, I think, yeah, it was 2010, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was working and, you know, it was just me, um, I mean, my parents and my younger brother, but there was not months of you know expenses or anything so Mm -hmm. i saved quite quite a bit and there was a market for sale in laconia and i wanted to buy that market so bad you know i came (laughs) up with money but i was short let's say 10 15 thousand think you know Mm -hmm. somewhere there and nobody trusts me to you know nobody loaned it to me and i didn't know much about where to go to get loan or anything like mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. So since then I was like, you know, I want to open a business, you know, I want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and after we moved to Keene um, in 2014, um, I ta- I met a lot of um, people who, you know, who travel the world or people who moved from city up here and immigrate, immigrant community, you know. They were like, we travel our to two, three, four hours to get food that we grew up eating. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I do the same, you know? So I did research for maybe three years. Wow. Uh, we mm-hmm. sent out surveys. Um, and last year, I was kind of nervous. Like, you know, it's a small town. I don't know how diverse it is, mm-hmm. but uh, slowly I start learning like, all right, there's enough people to support a small business like this. So we did it. Uh, we did online and it was interesting. Yeah, driving to New York every week, you know, bring product, sell online, and then you start filling up my guest room. <laughs> and you start filling up my living room. So it reached a point that I was like, uh, we need to have something, you know, real. Were you intimidated at all by the fact that, you know, the pandemic was going on and trying to start a new venture amidst all that craziness? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were really worried to even go out, you know. So I figure if I can bring all the product, I mean, if I do all the work and uh-huh. provide, you know, things that people wanted to see, um, so I set up a drop-up location, you know, a couple places in Keene, so people can come. I will hand it to them. They will take their product and then go. So it was kind of safer, you know. But it was like now, you know, things are still difficult to find um, because there's so much of sodas and all that stuff. Mm. 
Um, Chuda, earlier you said that you drove to places like New York to source this food. Is that still part of your business model or are you working with like a distributor that they can bring stuff to you? Um, tell us about that. So um, I wish, <laughs> you know, I wish I don't have to drive to New York. It's not, it's not fun. <laughs> your buddies you know? would miss you if they're still yeah, there, but that's true. Yeah, that's true. But the problem is, you know, uh, most of the places, I, I guess I started in a difficult time. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the places there are not taking new customers. Interesting. So if they do accept my uh, application and all that stuff, they will mm -hmm. be like, "Oh, you need to spend six, seven thousand, or you know, oh. four thousand. And I was like, "I can't buy kimchi, you know, four thousand dollar worth of kimchi. <laughs> That's a lot of kimchi, <laughs> yeah. folks." And like most of the time, they will drive up here mm. in Keene and they'll take a picture of the store, picture of me, all the paperwork, and then they will leave and you don't hear from them, right? Yeah. So you call them and they were like, oh, your store is too far. And I was like, oh, come oh. on, you know. So now we have one place, a Japanese place that they deliver to us, mm -hmm. um, but Still, you know, one week I go to Boston mm -hmm. and another week I go to New York. Wow. So give us an idea of what uh, Keen International Market's about and what you sell and what is attracting customers. So Keen International Market is a specialty store, right? And we carry product from maybe over 30 different countries. Wow. Um we do not have meat, mm -hmm. you know, but other than that, we are trying to bring a little bit of home from as many countries as possible here. And so you started off online. Was that for people to order online and pick up in person or were you doing business across the country? How did, how did that original model start? And then why did you decide to go brick and mortar? So at first, uh, when we start uh, online, we... Uh, we send out ads to like entire country mm -hmm. and people are ordering from all over the country, you know? Um, but the problem was like the shipping was more than what the mm. product costs, right. you know? Um, so that was, that was interesting. And the same, like, you know, order, order was like first week, let's say there was like 15 orders and I was only working two hours a week for business, you know, I'll just bring everything in my car and meet somebody or people in a certain business location. Mm -hmm. um, so it reached a point that there was like 30, 40, 50 orders and I was like, uh, it's not gonna fit in the car. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time so, to get a new car, big, yeah. big truck. And people start saying like, I think Chuda, you know, you're working two hours a week for this mm -hmm. and things are going this well, I think, this is the time that you, you know, you need to have a real place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how. So are you, two things, are you still selling online? No. No. And so you've got your brick and mortar location. Yeah. You've seen a lot of growth since yeah. the, since the beginning. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you said what stuff from about 30 different countries. Yeah. Where in Keen is the market? I'm, so, a, I'm a lover of Keen, which is why I'm like, all right, first I got to know where it is. So next time I'm there, I can stop in. Sure, <laughs> sure. So we are located in uh, 162 Emerald Street, uh -huh. um, right next to Hannah Books. There it uh, is. Right in Keen. Cool. 
and what's the mix of customers do you get? I mean, you said you started this to, so that, you know, folks that had, you know, moved here from other countries, couldn't find what they wanted locally, had a local place to find it. Is that chiefly who you're still serving or is the local community embracing this and finding new foods to try? So I think I, I I'll say I have four kinds of customers, uh-huh. right? People who will walk in and they will say like, wow, <laughs> honestly, I didn't expect this store would be like this, you know, and they will just shop around. They will start from, let's say, India, and they will go pick one thing from different countries, you know? Like, that's one. And other one is, like, people who moved here from different country, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say certain things that they haven't seen in 20 years. They were like, oh, my God, you know? So that's another, and people who travel and remember seeing things in certain countries, you know? Um, and, yeah. And the other, other good thing is... People come and it's so awesome to hear people's story. You know, let's mm. say one person is picking up a king oyster mushroom, right? So other person will come and they'll be like, so how you cook that? You know, <laughs> there will be like a conversation and they'll share their story. And I was like, wow, this is something than just regular store, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's not the big supermarket. That's what we were talking about yes. earlier, right? That's, right. It's, it's a community. It's, it's community. It's a place yeah. where you, you meet people, you meet people you know, you learn how to cook a mushroom. Right, <laughs> that's right. awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's um, adding a lot, I would imagine, to, to the community. Now, speaking of that, that keen community, mm-hmm. is there a um, Bhutanese, Nepalese community within keen of, of other immigrants that you've connected um, so from Nepal or Bhutan, I think mm. from Bhutan it's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, from Nepal, we have two sisters ah. um, that they come from Nepal for school. You oh, know, wow. at King State, and we're part of that too. That group that supports the young woman from wow. Nepal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just three of us, and then I think there's a couple more uh, students from like Nassau, Manchester. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nepalese students. Yeah. So food is, you know, community building and, and brings people together. So what's the coolest conversation you've had as a result of an interaction over someone looking for food in your store? So my best part of, you know, being in this store and having a store is people will come and, you know, randomly they will think of something, you know, they will see one thing and that will remind them another, right? And they're like, ah, Tudor, I wish I can find this. And when I'm in the trip next time, if I see it, I'll bring it, you know, and their reaction when they come back again is the best, you know, (laughs) like they're like, oh my God, you found this, you know. And I try to keep it different every week, you know, different product or product in rotation, you know, so mm-hmm. that excitement is always there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us about some of the foods that you have uh, that, that you enjoy for, that you've got at the market. So my favorite thing right now is um, stir fry. We have a, a cookbook from uh, one chef. Uh, he's from Maine. So we did cooking cooking class, one cooking class. Oh, nice. And now I'm into that because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. And I can use anything that I'm not selling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what stir fry is, right? Yeah. Sort of. Whatever you have left over, you know, you just cut them and make it. 
Um, so that's one of them. And then I am really enjoying like um, food and, you know, paste or juice, mm-hmm. things like that from Peru. That's something that I never knew. Um, and a lot of chocolates from Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like them. I knew yeah. I liked them. I can, I, uh, I can eat all day. Cool. <laughs> so you mentioned a cool. cooking class. Do you have a lot of demonstrations and cooking classes as part of the business? Um, I, I would like to. We did one. Um, now it's just like not having enough time, you know. It's just me and then my wife. She works full time and she come help, mm-hmm. you know, whenever she can. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're hoping from spring we want to do more. Yeah, I'm planning to put a kitchen in the store so oh. we can do like demo, you know, things like that. Yeah. How long has the store been open for now? Uh, we opened in September of last year. Oh, wow. And how has business been growing? So that's, that's the interesting <laughs> part. Um, <laughs> right now, everybody's saying things are slow, you know. But the good thing is I am getting enough support from, you know, <clears throat> customers that I think I'm doing all right. If this is slow, then when things gets better, I'm kind of worried what's going to happen, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. What are, I asked you earlier about foods uh, from the market that you're enjoying, but what are some of the foods from your upbringing, from your childhood that, um, that you really enjoy and perhaps maybe that you still make at home with your family now here? Um, so dumpling Ooh. is, you know, that's something that every time we like family get together, mm-hmm. that's something that we sit in a table and we make dumplings. Oh, I want to come over. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. No, I think uh, now I carry maybe six, seven different kind of dumplings, you know. But um, I like to make it my own. So um, that's one of them that I grew up eating, and I missed it for a while because I didn't know where to get things, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's one of them, and other thing is just the tiny, you know, noodles and stuff that comes from Nepal. Nice, nice. Um, do you make the the dumplings that you sell at the store? Or do you have some from other uh, distributors um, and things? I I just get pre pre made. Yeah, you got yeah. you eat them all before they get to the store anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Cool, cool. So, uh, you know you've got this successful business going now you've got your family um you know you know when you look back over this journey that you've had in your life that's been pretty remarkable you know did this end up being a good move for you you know and what what were some of the challenges that perhaps you encountered coming into america and having to acclimate to this new culture and what helped you to succeed to you know the success you found here so, uh, first of all, um, language barrier, you know. Yeah. Um, I used to, like I said earlier, you know, I used to just translate in my head, you know, like how am I going to say this and then say it, you know. And that was one of them. I used to get nervous and my voice will just drop, you know. Um, and other thing was just the competition, I guess, mm-hmm. um, 
I'm, I went to school there, you know, I went to school for accounting there. I came here, I tried that, and I was like, no, I, I can't sit, you know, I can't sit in one place. <laughs> just, that's the yeah. story from a lot of people who aren't in accounting anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was, you know, that was challenging and not knowing what I want to do, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, I mean, nobody gave me any pressure like oh you need to do this you need to be this you know but once we have a kid mm -hmm. i was just like you know i just don't want to do this you know i want to have something better you know i'll do all the work but i want things to be better and it took a while and it's still not better like i want it but you know it's the good beginning i think it's a great beginning yeah, yeah a community market in a community a great community with a family that's that's pretty awesome. Um, to that end, tell us a, a little bit more about your family. You, you mentioned kids. You mentioned your wife. Um, and tell us a little bit more about what you guys do as a family in, in the community. So um, I have two girls. One is eight uh, and another one is nine, almost ten. Oh, wow. And Jenna, she's my wife. Um, I am involved with so many things through Jenna you know, uh, and then so so does the kids. They will go any kind of event with her with us, you know. And they were they were such a good kids. Um, so we we do we do volunteering or you know help with any anything that's you know needed in the community. And kids do the same. And it looks like they are enjoying. I don't know what they're really <laughs> enjoying. Or, they're you having know. a whole other experience, but yeah. at least they're there, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, cooking is another thing that we all enjoy. Um, they will come help. And then since the store is open, kids being so amazing, they will come to the store, they will help with anything. You know, they talk to people, all that stuff. Now I feel like the business is something that we enjoy doing for us. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's yeah. True been, family affair. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. so to that end, mm -hmm. um, this family affair, this thing that's growing and, and becoming a sort of, I would say, a staple in the community, what's next? What do you want um, when you think about growth for the business or goals that you have? What's next? So I want to introduce a good food from back home to you know to our community mm -hmm. um it's just my dream one of those dreams that um i would love to have a little place you know where we can make let's say four kind of ethnic food from back home or even uh street food from back home and i did sell street food just one kind for like maybe a month or two in the store you know mm -hmm. and that was awesome so that's one of them uh, to have a little restaurant or something because cool. you know now I am enjoying cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long, but um, that's something. And I just want store to be a fun place, not just the you know, just the store people can just go in, buy, and leave. You know, you want it to be an experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I want this place to be a community place where people feel comfortable to go ask any kind of question they have related to food or anything else. There's so much potential there for sure. And I think you're off to an amazing start. Um, Chuda Mishra is owner of Keen International Market, our guest this week. We are so thankful you're here and that you're thriving in Keen. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much for having me.
And now the buzz with Matt Mowry. Well, a recent report from the Carsey School of Public Policy at the University of New Hampshire has some not-so-great news for rural states like New Hampshire. It seems that for the first time in decades that the population actually decreased in rural areas between 2010 and 2020. Now, it was less than 1%, but that's after decades and decades of growth in rural areas. Urban areas, on the other hand, actually saw an increase in their populations between 2010 and 2020. We'll see what the pandemic does to affect that, as some urbanites did indeed flee to more rural areas. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what the next report shows. But that trend in rural areas, though, is... um, also extending in over to immigration in general into the United States, which slowed. And internal migration has diminished because residents were frozen in place by high unemployment, housing debt, and poor economic prospects. And at the same time, the natural increase uh, in population declined as well because there were fewer births and more deaths. In 2020, fertility rates hit record lows and there were the fewest births since 1979. And at the same time, deaths were at record highs because of population aging and growing deaths due to despair from drug overdose and suicide. So it's not been a great report on where our population is heading. Sorry that it's a bummer this time, but that's what we're buzzing about this week. Welcome back to the Cardinal Corner. I'm Nathan Carroll. Today's message is for the business that's just about three to five years old. Do you remember why you started your business? What it was that you're passionate about that led you there? Good. I'm glad that you remember. I know that just like we talked about in our very first four-part Cardinal series, you didn't start the business because you're passionate about, say, running the business, right? All those monotonous things that you have to do. You're passionate about your craft, That said, you're in it this far, you're doing well, we hope, and we want to get you to the next level. This is often the time that you need the assistance of an advisor to help you pull back a little bit, see the big picture, set some goals, create a roadmap to get there. So here at Cardinal, we hear that all the time. Oh, I should probably talk to you about that, or I've, I've been thinking about the next step, expanding the operation, et cetera, but just don't have the time or the vision or the bandwidth, right, to figure out what I need to do. We hear it all the time. Well, friends, Whether you do it with Cardinal or with another trusted source in your network, pull an experienced professional in. Have them guide you through an analysis of your business from top to bottom. It will, I guarantee you, open your eyes, save you time, and save you money, and give you a much clearer vision than you have today for the future of your business. Thanks for joining me in the forward thinking, ready for the next adventure, Cardinal Corner. Find more at our website, cardinalconsultingnh.com, or on social at cardinalconsultingnh. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard in today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a joint production of Business NH Magazine and Cardinal Consulting. Listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.